0: So, I was mentioning that in order to be an effective spokesman for God, (coughs) there were three things. Those are not the only three, there are others, but I thought of three that I should mention. And first of all we mentioned that there must be a recognition that is a very serious responsibility to be a spokesman for God, to speak as God. (coughs) See nowadays there are so many people who say, Uh, Thus said the Lord, particularly in Pentecostal charismatic circles, interpretation of tongues noise, thus said the Lord. (laughs) And we also can sometimes very lightly say, God told me this and God told me that.
1: No it's
0: true, God speaks. But we mustn't say it lightly. You know, one of the great chapters for preachers is Jeremiah
1: 23.
0: Just like a great chapter for shepherds, Ezekiel
1: 34.
0: These are two chapters that you should read. Uh, Ezekiel 34 for shepherds, Jeremiah 23 for preachers. And see what he says here in Jeremiah 23 uh, in verse 2.
1: This is what God says
0: to the shepherds,
1: You have, you have
0: scattered my flock and driven them away, you have not attended to them.
1: And in verse 9,
0: the Lord says, As for the prophets, my heart is broken within me. And Jeremiah is experiencing that, he says, I have become like a drunken man.
1: Yeah. Jeremiah, said,
0: Jeremiah says that because the Lord and because of His holy words, and there's a lack of purity among the preachers because there's adultery in their minds, and I found their wickedness in my house, it says here in verse 11. And um, further down in verse
1: 17. No, the Lord says in verse
0: 16, Don't listen to the words of these prophets who are prophesying to you. They are leading you to futility. They speak a vision of their own imagination and not from the mouth of the Lord.
1: And this is so true
0: of a lot of preaching today.
1: And because
0: they say to those who despise the Lord, you will have peace. And for everyone who walks in the stubbornness of his heart, calamity will not come on you. So as the message Bible says, their sermon is, everything will turn out okay.
1: They, they make
0: up their messages.
1: And their sermons
0: are, nothing bad will ever happen to you. That's their message. That nothing bad will ever happen to you. Even though, even though people are living according to their own will.
1: Then he says,
0: verse 18. Have any of these prophets bothered to come and meet with me, the true God? To absorb what I say, to listen and live out my word first. Then he says in verse 21, I never sent these prophets, but they ran anyway.
1: I did not speak
0: to them, but they prophesied. If only they had bothered to sit down and meet with me, they would have preached my message to my people. Then my people would have gotten back on the right track. But instead, they tell lies to each other, verse
1: 25.
0: I had a dream, I had a dream, they prophesy. So how long do I have to put up with all this? They exchange dreams with each other, it says in verse 27, and try to distract my people.
1: And then in verse um,
0: 30, the Lord says, I am sick and tired of these prophets who get all their sermons second hand from others. They make up the stuff and say this is what God is saying. This is a lot of this going on today. I never authorize even one of these prophets, verse thirty-two, but and they do nothing for this people.
1: And uh, verse thirty.
0: 3 onwards, 34, if anyone goes around lightly saying, God's message, God's message, I'll punish him and his family. And then, he says further down, in verse thirty-seven, thirty-six 36 and 37, in the Message Bible it says, don't go around saying God told me this God told me that
1: I don't want to I don't want to hear that anymore only
0: the person I authorize speaks for me and further down in verse 38 uh, don't pretend that you know all the answers and stop all this God told me this God told me that type of talk
1: you know A
0: lot of people try to get some authority by saying, God told me this. Does God speak? He certainly does. But I'll tell you one thing. God is never boring. God is never judgmental on his people.
1: And he doesn't
0: scold. And very often we have all failed in all these things.
1: I just went
0: through that chapter to show you how seriously God takes those who take his name and preach something. And we saw the importance of our being careful with our tongue. See, another area, the third one which I want to mention now, it doesn't look as if it's got any connection with preaching. But our faithfulness in the use of material things
1: it, is, a,
0: is one of the important areas that determines whether God. Gives us the true riches. See, I see the true riches as revelation on God's word. Partaking of God's own nature. And fulfilling an anointed ministry. Those are about the most The greatest riches we can get
1: to to get
0: revelation on God's word and his will
1: and to
0: partake of his own nature and to have an anointed ministry so that we really accomplish something on this earth before we leave. What is greater riches than that? All the money you can make on earth is nothing compared to that. All the comfortable life you can live on earth is nothing compared to these. See, it's only if you value these things.
1: Let you say, Lord,
0: how can I have these true riches? And the Lord says in Luke 16,
1: and
0: verse 11, If you have not been faithful in the use of unrighteous mammon, who will entrust the true riches to you? So there you see the connection between God giving us true riches and our being faithful with money. Somebody once calculated that one sixth, one out of six of all the verses that Jesus spoke referred to money. That's a very high percentage.
1: That's
0: about 16% of everything Jesus spoke related to money. And he wasn't telling us how to be prosperous like today's preaching. But most of the time he spoke about being faithful with money.
1: And it's not not just
0: money. Mammon means all material things. (coughs) Now in the great wisdom of God, he has not given us all equal amounts of money. (coughs) He has not given us all equal amounts of intelligence. He has not given us equal amount of spiritual gifts. Grace all of us can have according to the measure in which we humble ourselves. So, the important things, the really important eternal things, all of us can have as much as we fulfill the conditions. But other things God determines. For example, the gifts of the Holy Spirit. It's very clearly written in 1 Corinthians 12, God gives it as He chooses. And if at all there is one gift we are all told to ask for, it is a gift of prophecy. That is to proclaim God's Word in a way that will bless other people. Everybody can ask for that gift. Not necessarily from a pulpit, we can, like I said, speak words of encouragement to people. that's a word of, that's like prophecy
1: <laughs>
0: That doesn't mean you'll be a prophet All are not prophets. 1 Corinthians 12 is very clear
1: but all but
0: all can prophesy. That's like saying
1: <laughs>
0: all are not evangelists. But all are to be witnesses for Christ. Even if you're not an evangelist, you still got to be a witness, tell others somebody the gospel.
1: And
0: in the same way, all may not be teachers, but all can share something of God's word with other people.
1: So, all
0: are not called to be prophets, but all can prophesy.
1: <inaudible> and
0: all can receive grace depending on how much they humble themselves.
1: <inaudible> all can progress
0: in likeness to Christ equally.
1: <inaudible>
0: all can be overcomers.
1: <inaudible>
0: but when it comes to them, certain other things which are not so important,
1: <inaudible>
0: God is not given all equal. Some are good-looking, some are not good-looking. Some are very intelligent, some are not intelligent. God in His great wisdom has made people of different colors, given people different abilities to earn money. And some have more and some have less. Um, Some people, the circle is very big. That means their income is very big or their wealth is very big.
1: Some people, it's very small.
0: But whether it's small or big, God wants us to be faithful with the material things we have. Now, to be faithful, here it says, if you're not faithful... With mammon, how can you get true riches? So therefore, when God gives us earthly things, He's actually testing us. Now we don't have to become fanatics and legalists and keep condemning ourselves.
1: See, religious
0: people tend to go to an extreme, you know, where some people think faithfulness means I can't buy an ice cream because that's not necessary, or I can't have three shirts because only two is enough,
1: you know, or
0: Maybe I should have only one bedroom in my house or something like that. There's so many things like this. People tend to become fanatics. So, I want to say it's got nothing to do with that. God is not checking up how many shirts and pants you have. (laughs) Or how many rooms there are in your house.
1: That's not the point.
0: I and mean, God, God's a loving Father. He leaves you free to choose all that. But He sees basically what is your attitude to these things.
1: Mm-hmm. What
0: is your attitude? Are are you faithful in the use of these things? Do you recognize they all belong to God? You know, a man can live in a very small hut and be a very carnal person. And a man can be a very wealthy man and um, be very faithful. So, it's unfortunately among Christians we think that if you are poor you are spiritual, if you are rich you are unspiritual.
1: if you are rich, you are unspiritual.
0: Just look, examine your own self, perhaps. See, it's obviously, some of you brothers earn very little. What is your definition of poverty? If I were to ask you, Are you a rich man? you say, No, 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 I'm a poor man. See, there's something in human nature which always likes to pretend that we are very poor. If we were to ask the people who live in the slums of Bangalore, they'll say, what r- poor people? You're all rich people. But your definition of poor means what you earn. That's poor. But if you go to the slump person, he'll say, you're rich. So you see, this matter of poor and rich is a relative thing. But we have this tendency to think anybody who has got more than me is rich if you don't get delivered from that attitude you will destroy yourself. Anybody who is more than you is not rich. You yourself may be ten times richer than the poor people in India.
1: In In fact, my guess
0: is that Even the poorest brother sitting in our midst is richer than 50% of India. If you are richer than 50% of people in India, how can you say you are a poor person? So we should get that out of our head
1: that I, I, am I am
0: poor God. and somebody else is rich. You be satisfied with the circle God has given you and if God gives you opportunity to expand it, expand it. Because, you know, uh, faithfulness does not mean what you own. Some people think we must always live in a rented house we must not buy any property. Well, that's fine. If that's your conviction, you should live like that. But we must not judge other people.
1: But it is in this area
0: of material things that believers judge other people the most. You see, for example, so many believers who don't wear ornaments judge other sisters who wear ornaments. You See, the God's word says, don't wear any gold. And look, you are allowing your little daughter to wear gold. How much does that ornament earring cost which that girl is wearing? I don't know. I have never bought these things so I don't know what its price is. Maybe thousand rupees is it? Or two thousand rupees? But you who criticize that girl for wearing earrings,
1: you spend 20,000
0: rupees on your bathroom fittings in your house. But you see, Peter doesn't say don't have expensive bathroom fittings. (laughs) You go to the plumbing shop and there are various types of taps. Why do you choose that little more expensive tap? When you choose to put flooring in your house, why do you choose that particular flooring instead of ordinary cement flooring?
1: Because
0: Peter didn't speak about mosaic or spartic or marble or any such thing. I am just trying to show you the amount of legalism there is in our midst and all who are judgmental are legalists.
1: We we tend
0: to think I am alright. If you live at my level You are a wholehearted brother.
1: If you spend
0: more than me on your house, you are a rich man.
1: On your house. If you wear more
0: expensive clothes than mine, you are a rich man. I have a scooter. If you have a car, you are a rich man. The chap who has a car says, I am a poor man, but if you have a Mercedes-Benz, you are definitely a rich man. The chap who has Mercedes says, I am a poor man, Is this guy with three Mercedes, he's a rich man. And and you go to the chap in the slums, he says, the whole lot of you are rich. What are you talking?
1: (laughs) I, I don't even have a cycle, he says.
0: Do you see how this is all relative? Now, The brother who is free from this is the brother who doesn't judge anybody.
1: I hope you're like that. I hope
0: you can look at a sister wearing ornaments or somebody's daughter wearing ornaments and have zero judgment.
1: And always say to yourself my
0: bathroom fittings are more expensive than what this girl is wearing say that to yourself the tiles on my floor in my house cost more than this chain this sister is wearing
1: you know this is, this
0: is going to determine the anointing on your ministry.
1: You be
0: faithful with material things and leave other people alone. I'll never forget in all my life a story I heard
1: <clears throat> of
0: Francis of Assisi was one of the great Roman Catholic saints and lived in 11 or 1200 AD.
1: Now, Now,
0: some people feel that you can't be a saint if you're in the Roman Catholic Church.
1: Because their doctrines are wrong.
0: Because we think that right doctrine means you're spiritual.
1: The people who had right
0: doctrine in Jesus' time were the Pharisees. And they were not spiritual. And a lot of us who have right doctrine are Pharisees too. Some people with wrong doctrines
1: are more acceptable to God. For example, does God listen
0: to the prayer of a non-Christian? If a Hindu man gives money to the beggar, will God see that? Does God take note of that? Let me show you an example in Acts chapter 10. A heathen man who is probably an idol worshipper
1: who,
0: who didn't know anything about Jesus never prayed in the name of Jesus but he feared God gave money to the poor people and verse 2 prayed to God continually. Not Jehovah, not Jesus.
1: I don't
0: know which God, some God he prayed to. And the angel came to him and said to him, words that will shock us.
1: Verse 4.
0: Your prayers and your arms have ascended as a memorial before God. I tell you, we are going to get a tremendous shock when we stand before the Lord, when we see whom all He accepts. In the day, you will see so many people with the right doctrine going to hell. so many people whose doctrines were a little wrong here and there in God's kingdom.
1: They'll all be saved
0: by the blood of Jesus. Nobody's going to be in heaven without being saved by the blood of Jesus. But it won't be on the basis of right doctrine.
1: Anyway, Francis of
0: Assisi was a godly man
1: and he had
0: he had he had a group of people whom he uh who were his brothers and they all took a vow of poverty to be poor
1: they will, they not, they will
0: not own anything they will not maybe one or two uh of
1: clothes. Now,
0: and some of his disciples are very godly men, they were very sincere. And I've heard two stories of one of his disciples called Juniper. He would every day go out and help people. And in the cold
1: climate. And he'd always
0: come back shivering without a
1: coat.
0: So what happened to your coat? I saw one poor beggar shivering there. I gave it to him. So they'd give him another coat. he'd come back without a coat the next day. So they made a rule. Juniper. You cannot give your coat to anybody. And you see, their law was not only poverty, but strict obedience also to the leader. So, he went and he saw another poor beggar somewhere shivering. (laughs) He said, Brother, I would like to give you my coat, but I can't.
1: I have
0: to obey my authority that
1: I can't give you my coat.
0: But while I'm standing here you can take it off me if you
1: like. <laughs>
0: so the beggar took it off. He came back.
1: You disobeyed. This. No, no,
0: I never gave my coat to anybody. I stood there, one beggar took it off my.
1: Head. <laughs>
0: anyway, this man, one day he was going along the road,
1: and he saw another
0: one of his brothers dressed a little more stylishly.
1: <laughs>
0: and he said to himself, um, No, not one of his brothers, one of the other. Catholic people in that area.
1: And
0: in the same church. And he said to himself, Perhaps under his fine clothes he has got a humbler heart than I have under my simple clothes. What an attitude. That we don't judge others. I remember hearing a similar story about John Wesley. John Wesley was a great man of God who lived in the 18th century. And there was another great man of God at that time called George Whitfield.
1: But, but these were
0: wholehearted, people who would preach in the open air and love Jesus
1: yes, and brought
0: hundreds to Christ. And they had their own groups of followers. But they had very strong difference on one particular doctrine. George Whitfield taught, once you are saved, you can never be lost. George, John Wesley taught you've got to be faithful and endure till the end if you want to be saved. So, but these men loved one another very much.
1: And they respected
0: one another. But you know, like always the case, the, the followers are usually more intent on a doctrine, no, not on God. So, when George Whitfield was getting uh, sick, he said, If I die, John Wesley must conduct my funeral, not one of any of my followers. Because he had more respect for John Wesley than any of his followers.
1: Because he knew
0: that God is not checking doctrine. So George Whitfield died. John Wesley conducted the funeral. Now a lot of John Wesley's followers say, how can you conduct the funeral of this guy who's got all these wrong doctrines?
1: It's like
0: if you are asked to conduct the funeral of some Catholic man, what will all the people in your church say?
1: (laughs) <laughs> well, you, you know he was a believer. <laughs>
0: anyway, John Wesley wasn't bothered. He just went ahead and conducted the funeral. So after the funeral, one of his followers asked him,
1: Our Brother John, are you going to see
0: George Whitfield in heaven? John Wesley said no. Because he's going to be so near Jesus and I'll be so far away, I don't think I'll ever see
1: (laughs) (laughs) him.
0: That is the attitude of a man of God. That we don't judge others.
1: (laughs) And certainly not
0: for some point of doctrine. (laughs)
1: <laughs> there
0: is an expression in English called dotting your I's and crossing your T's. I don't know what you say in Tamil.
1: <laughs> See, this is
0: uh, where you're seeing, does he agree with me every little detail?
1: That's not the point.
0: If he is faithful with material things, that's the thing. Juniper, who was the disciple of John Francis of Assisi, Assisi,
1: he used to say
0: that the only uh, reason why God gives us material things, is that we can bless other people. If you've got a house, you can use it for God to bless other people. God can bless you so that you can bless others. If He has given you plenty, then you can bless others. See, that's why I praise God that all of you brothers, you don't take any money from your local churches.
1: There's,
0: there's no other group of churches like this in India. See, where everybody serves and happy to serve, we're not taking any money from a local churches Because God's given us enough, why should we depend on other people? Let's serve them
1: without taking
0: anything in return. In area after area after area, we have to be faithful. Why do we take such a stand against dowry? Because all of this nation is after dowry.
1: It's part
0: of the darkness of India.
1: And in Christian
0: churches, from Catholic to Pentecostal, it's exactly the
1: same. The same
0: darkness in the world is in these churches. And in some churches, they get a percentage of the dowry, so how can they preach against it? So we may say, well, well not, those are not the main things, they, they believe in Jesus. See, I want to show you a verse in the Old Testament in this connection.
1: In Second Kings and chapter uh,
0: 19. Chapter 17, sorry. Verse 33. They feared Jehovah, but served their own gods. How do you do that? How can you fear Jehovah and serve your own gods? (laughs) That means they did certain religious activities which Jehovah had commanded the Israelites to do.
1: But then they
0: continued to serve their own gods also.
1: You, you see that a
0: number of times in Israel and Judah that they yeah, they had a great devotion to the Lord but the high places were still there.
1: They were still there.
0: Now, today, what is the equivalent of that? You know, the Lord uh, Elijah told the people if Jehovah is God, serve him. If Baal is God, serve him. Choose this day whom you want to serve. What is the choice we put before people today? It's what Jesus said in Luke chapter
1: 16.
0: It's God and money. (laughs) God and mammon. Luke 16, 13. There are only two masters, he said. Just like Elijah said, Jehovah and Baal. You hate the one and love the other. Now, what would you think if you were living in Israel and in, in Elijah's time, and you saw one fellow worshiping Elijah one day and uh, worshiping Jehovah one day, Bial another day?
1: That means he's
0: really living for the Lord on Saturday. And Sunday he goes the temple of Baal and worships
1: there.
0: You'd never think that that person is a disciple of the Lord. But do you know the number of Christians who feel you can worship Jesus one day and worship money the other day, they are still disciples of Jesus. There's no difference between Jehovah and Baal and Jesus and Mammon. That type of choice is exactly what people face today. It's the same type of contrast.
1: There it was Jehovah or Baal. Today it is Jesus or Mammon. Those are not my words. What
0: Jesus said, there are only two masters. You hate the one and love the other.
1: You are devoted
0: to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and wealth. He didn't say you can't have wealth. He said you can't serve. In other words, you must say, Lord, my goal in life is not to get more and more money. I mean, if you don't earn enough for your family, definitely you must seek to earn some more. We have to feed our children and our families, we have got to clothe our families,
1: we need a house in which
0: they are to live. And we have to educate our children. See, that's very important in our day. Because in the olden days, they were all farmers. You didn't need to be educated, just know how to plow the
1: fields. Food,
0: clothing and shelter. Why do I add education today? Because in our day, that is what determines whether our children will have food, clothing and shelter in their generation. (laughs) I have seen in CFC, number of cases,
1: of parents
0: who never cared to give an education to their children, and they grow up, and they are married, and they are struggling, 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 endlessly. People ask me, why do you encourage people in CFC to study and get the highest degree possible? Because that gives them more flexibility in what job they can choose. And I've seen in these other cases, how much these poor people suffer because... Their parents didn't bother about it.
1: See, I'm not
0: saying education is to be our God any more than money should be our God. But I don't believe that you're spiritual if you just finish 10th standard and stop.
1: And
0: those are all crazy ideas people have. And usually the people who say that are the people who could never pass beyond ten standards themselves. So, I'm not talking about that. But I say that God decides the size of your circle. By a number of factors over which you had no choice. One was the standard of living into which you were born in your parents' home.
1: You didn't didn't choose that. Second,
0: the amount of intelligence God gave you when you were born, which also you didn't choose. These are usually the two factors that determine how much you get educated and what type of financial circle you have today. I didn't choose these two in my life and none of you chose it in your life either.
1: But the Christian
0: is the one who says, Lord, you chose that. And I believe that if God had allowed me to be born in one of the poorest villages in India and I didn't know a word of English,
1: and if I I had
0: found Jesus
1: and and become his disciple
0: I would have been as happy living in a little hut because my happiness does not come in the size of my house. I just accept the circle God put around me.
1: And because He's
0: made it today sufficient that I can take care of my needs, I don't need to depend on anyone. So, we don't run after these things. We accept the circle God placed around us.
1: And within that circle we seek
0: to bless other people and serve them. So, we have to recognize these are two gods.
1: And And you see
0: today how much Christendom is following and worshipping Mammon. All the begging for mammon that goes on in prayer letters and uh, television and everything. It is the worship of Baal. And where is the Elijah who says, If Baal is God's servant, They've all been silenced by the devil how does it supposing the devil finds a fiery preacher as a young man
1: he will
0: get some rich fellow to stuff money into his mouth what can you speak when money is stuffed in your mouth quiet The devil knows how to silence
1: people. It's happened. It's
0: happened in numerous places in India. So, we have to see these very clearly as two gods.
1: And And that's that's why
0: money must have no power over me. Let me ask you. Does Vishnu or Rama or Krishna or Ganesh have any power over you? Of course, you'll say no. There's no difference between that and money and mammon. If it has power over you, it will hinder you from serving the Lord. You can earn 100,000 rupees a month and have no money have no power over you. Or you can earn 500 rupees a month and money can have power over
1: you. See,
0: as I said, it, it's not a question of how much you earn. It's not a question of whether you own a cycle or a scooter or a car. It's ultimately, it's something only God and you know. I don't believe any of you know whether I love money or not. My wife who's lived with me for 37 years, she doesn't know. Only God knows and I know. And I'll tell you honestly what I've seen in myself. I have seen that the love of money is so deeply rooted in the flesh that I am battling it even today. Because it's like an onion. You peel off one layer and say, I finished with it.
1: And then some other
0: situation comes, you find it's there. You peel off that and say, at last I have finished with it. And then you come on to some other situation, you find it's there. So my only hope is to reduce the size of this onion as I grow older. In Jesus there was no onion, it was zero. I want to get there. I haven't got there yet. But I'm determined as, I to get it as thin as possible before I leave this earth.
1: And, and I'll, I'll tell you that uh,
0: God's tested me by giving me little and now He's tested me by giving me much.
1: So I see
0: it's all a test.
1: Little was a test,
0: much is a test. And I have to say now Lord, what
1: shall I
0: do? So, you'll find that this is an area in which you really have to keep devoted. You know, you, some of you can start very well when you're young. I don't know what you'll be like 40 years from now. I hope you'll keep peeling that onion till the okay. day Jesus comes. It's not only in the area of money. Purity towards women.
1: That's another onion.
0: I don't believe any of us have come to the place where we can look at a woman the way Jesus looked at her. Are these things important? These are some of the main things Jesus spoke about.
1: They didn't speak about doctrine in the
0: Sermon on the Mount. He spoke about the love of money in Matthew chapter 6.
1: He spoke about anger
0: in Matthew chapter 5. And lusting with the eyes. And he said, if you listen to these words of mine and do them, you'll build a house which will never collapse. That's the message which Christendom needs and is not being preached. Today we have all this fancy preaching with all this psychology and all that. It's all the way the devil leads people into this, that and the other just so long as they don't preach
1: discipleship. There are so many
0: Christian groups preaching all types of fantastic things.
1: Which, study in
0: Bible schools and Bible colleges and seminaries and all that there's so many words being used nowadays half of them I don't even understand I can understand what Jesus said, but I can't understand what these fellows are saying. I know what Jesus meant when he said, if I want to follow him, I have to deny myself and take up my cross every day. If I want to be his mouthpiece, I must control my tongue.
1: If I want to have true
0: riches, I must be faithful with money
1: and, and faithful with material things. That I can understand.
0: And that's all you need to understand, brother. It means I shouldn't get into
1: debt. You must try your
0: best by God's grace never to get into debt. <laughs> I don't mean borrowing to build a house. See, a debt is where one side you've taken money, the other side of the balance there's nothing to show. If you've taken money from a bank and you got a house there, there's no debt there because you got some. The balance is equal. Or you took a loan from a bank and you bought a car. That's Equal. But you took a loan from a bank and spent it on your wedding. What is there now? There is nothing there. Or you went on a vacation.
1: Holiday. That's a debt.
0: That's a debt. Or you wanted to buy some more extra clothes or... Uh, eat better food or something like that. You know, we have an obligation to educate our children that, I'd say it's okay even to take a loan to educate your children.
1: Because there is something
0: there, they have got the ability to earn to repay that or you take a loan to start a business because there is an ability there to repay that.
1: But, But
0: you got to make sure that it is not beyond your ability. Debt. We must owe no man anything. I believe that a man who is in debt and is not making an effort to repay that debt should never be an elder in any of our churches. How can he preach? Oh, no man, anything.
1: If he's not making any
0: effort to repay himself. We have to give back all money we have cheated people from.
1: It's
0: very important, like Zacchaeus did. If you have cheated the railways, go and buy some tickets and tear it up. Wherever we have cheated people in the
1: past, keep a clear conscience. Be Be righteous
0: with money. Be faithful with money.
1: Be faithful with
0: material things. Don't waste them. Jesus multiplied the loaves and fishes and there was so much and he said, don't waste anything, let's gather them up. Don't have a wasteful way of life. You will not get through riches then. Now, don't condemn yourself through all that you heard today. And don't judge others.
1: It's very important.
0: Don't think that becoming like John the Baptist, living in the jungle and all your faithful you faithful
1: with money.
0: It's not becoming a sannyasi or running out to the forest and becoming a hermit. But that we are not attached to these things.
1: <laughs>
0: if God gives us the ability to have something, we use it.
1: But we're, not, we're not attached
0: to those things. And I don't know how it is.
1: But, but I've
0: seen one thing that when I listen to a man and he's got nothing to say to me from God, I can say certainly that man is not faithful with money. And he's not faithful with his mouth. That's why God is not giving him anything to bless me with. Consider yourself whether that could be the reason in your case. Now, don't condemn yourself. But say, Lord, I'm not going to condemn myself. I'm going to enjoy life. There's a wonderful verse in 1 Timothy 6. God has given us richly all things to enjoy.
1: So we don't have to look miserable, we don't have to
0: eat locusts and wild honey like John the Baptist. We don't go to extremes. May God help us to be wise.
1: Let's pray.